You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, we're, we're almost there. Spring training just around the corner at this point. We've seen trucks uh, pack things up and, and head south for spring training. The Blue Jays will be there before you know it. Um, and, and an exciting week for the Blue Jays as we near the end of the offseason. we got to start with Josh Donaldson. Um, it looked like he was heading to the arbitrator for the second straight year. But instead, he gets a two-year deal, $29 million. Um, seems like the kind of deal that, first of all, it keeps the teams from the team and the player from going head-to-head in arbitration. Secondly, for the team, if he has a year like he had a year ago, they maybe save a little money in year number two. But for Donaldson, it's, it's a nice two-year contract. He knows what he's getting. It's a win-win, correct? Yeah, it really is for both sides. I mean, uh, I think there's a little bit of give and take there. You're, you're right, Donaldson might have made a little bit more money uh, in the second year of arbitration if he had another MVP-type season. Uh, but then there's always the risk, risk that he gets hurt, uh, and his value wouldn't have increased that much through an arbitration case. So, uh, you know, he might take a little bit less in the long term in the second year, but he gets that added security. Uh, from the Blue Jays' side, I mean, this is really something that they needed to get done. You just don't want to have to drag your star player through an arbitration hearing yet again. Uh, doing it once was was one thing. Having to do that again this year and then potentially again next year uh, could be a little bit messy. I mean, you just never really know what's going to happen in one of those hearings. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think they, the both sides were able to keep things very civil, but still you'd be in a, you'd be in a hearing uh, making an argument that, uh, your star player should be making less money than he thinks. And uh, there's always the potential that feelings get hurt, and, and that's just not something you want to deal with. It's one thing to, to go through that with, uh, you know, a fringe player who's going through it for the first time. It's something completely different to, to go through that with an MVP. Um, so I think it was a smart move by both sides to uh, get rid of this over the next two years. He still has one more arbitration year coming because he has three years of control, and this year deals only for two years. Uh, but at least for the next two years upcoming, uh, the Jays no longer have to worry about this. And it's got to be tough just thinking about going into a room and stating a case against a guy who won the Most Valuable Player <laughs> Award. I mean, that that's a tough battle to win, um, but they don't have to worry about that now. Well, with Donaldson locked up as far as what he'll be paid for the next two years, you quickly turn your, your attention to, to the other two guys who are going to be free agents, Jose Batista, Edwin Encarnacion, Batista, 35, Encarnacion, 33. Obviously, these two guys, such a huge part of what the Blue Jays have been and their their run to a division title in 2015. Now, the team has said they like to keep them both. But when you look at it, it just seems like that's not possible. Yeah, it really does seem a little bit far-fetched, and especially because you're looking at these two guys who would get relatively long-term deals. And and let's be honest, I mean, Jose Batista is a fine uh, defensive right fielder right now. He's, he's okay out there, uh, makes up for sometimes a lack of range with his arm. Uh, 
but we don't know what his situation is going to be like two years from now. There might be a scenario where he eventually has to move to first base, has to move to DH, uh, and that's where Edwin Encarnacion is. So uh, as these guys move towards uh, you know, the, the twilight of their career as they get into the late 30s, it just doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense, especially when you look at some of the other salary commitments that the Blue Jays have. Uh, they're paying Troy Tulowitzki for another five years. Uh, Russell Martin was signed to a very backloaded contract. He has an awful lot of money coming. You know, we just talk, touched on uh, Josh Donaldson uh, and his rising costs through this two-year deal and, and later through arbitration. Um, you know, the cost is really adding up. And unless the Blue Jays are really committed to bumping their payroll up from the 140 range to, to maybe somewhere around 170, 180, I just don't see a scenario where you're going to be able to keep both guys. So ultimately... The Blue Jays are probably going to have to pick between the two, uh, and I think they're going to use the next month or so being up into the season uh, to see which of those two might be an easier sign and, and which of the two uh, they can keep around long term. And it's so tough to figure out when you talk about guys getting into their mid-30s as far as value goes. Batista, we know, keeps himself in, in great shape, but he's two years older than Encarnacion. Encarnacion, as you said, already plays that that first base DH spot. So many things to think about. Certainly not a position anyone would want to be in, although it's nice to know that you have both those guys on your team in 2016. Uh, besides the team's formation heading into the season, we got to talk about the, the ballpark as well because they've decided to put in a dirt infield at the Rogers Center. Gregor, I know you're, you're down there, I guess, got to check it out. What kind of an effect could this have on the team? Well, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I think the fans are going to like it a little bit better. Uh, it's, it's more, I think it's going to be more appealing, uh, just to even just to look at, um, you know, from a player perspective. I think it's going to be good news as well. I mean, it's, it's hard to judge these things, but I think in theory uh, it might be a little bit easier on the bodies of some of the players. It's probably good news for a guy like Troy Tulowitzki, uh, also Josh Donaldson, who are going to spend the vast majority of their time uh, on that dirt infield. And, you know, one of the interesting things I, I learned down there, uh, just kind of seeing the construction process, they just broke uh, through the concrete floor uh, this week, and, and they're starting the process. It's going to take about four weeks uh, to have that installed for the start of the season. Uh, but they've made a, there's not a lot of comparables. I mean, Tampa Bay is really the only other team in the major leagues over the last while now uh, that has gone with this formation. They're the only other team with, with AstroTurf, and uh, they were the only team that was going with an all-dirt infield. But the Jays, uh, you know, took a look at that situation. There have been some complaints about that service in Tampa, uh, some talk about that, that dirt really drying out, becoming very, very hard, even you know, harder than uh, the actual AstroTurf itself. And uh, they looked at that, and, and they, they figured out that there were some drainage issues uh, going on in Tampa Bay. Uh, the dirt there uh, was placed atop uh, the concrete surface. It's not as deep as the Blue Jays are going to go. So the Jays are actually breaking through that concrete floor. Uh, they're going to go down a full foot, uh, and then they're layering it with gravel, with sand, with clay. All of this is trying to replicate as best as possible uh, what a natural, uh, you know, all-dirt infield would look like. And they think with that, uh, the surface is going to be able to retain moisture a little bit better. You're going to be able to avoid the drying out uh, situation that has been uh, an issue uh, in Tampa Bay for, for quite a while. Certainly a story we will uh, keep an eye on as we get into the season. It'll be interesting to see that field because it feels like it's always kind of looked the same up there since the Rogers Center opened, and to see that dirt infield be kind of neat. All right, let's take a look back on the off season. 
as a whole because obviously the Blue Jays coming off a division title, they knew they were going to lose David Price for the most part. So there was a hole. There was something to fill. They had to do something here if they're going to contend again in 2016. And you look back, and they really struck quickly at the beginning of the offseason, re-signing Marco Estrada. They go out, they sign Jay Happ, and then they trade Liam Hendricks for Jesse Chavez. And very quickly, this team kind of took a, a starting rotation that had so many question marks and so many holes, and they filled it quickly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some Jays fans might be uh, disappointed with the way things went because there wasn't that big name. There wasn't that David Price uh, coming in. There wasn't even really the second tier uh, kind of free agent starting pitcher that I think a lot of people expected. But on the flip side of that, you know, the front office does deserve some credit because going into this offseason, you really only looked at, well, Marcus Stroman was the only member of the starting rotation who was guaranteed to be back. It was assumed that R.A. Dickey would have his club option picked up. Uh, so at most, they had two guys who were you know, essentially guaranteed of being in that rotation, and everyone else was a question mark. And, and they did well to uh, re-sign Marco Estrada very early on to a, to a very strong uh, two-year deal. They didn't have to go long-term with him. Uh, and then they started filling in the gaps, uh, you know, getting – Jay Happ on a three-year deal, $12 million a year at the time. Uh, it seemed like a pretty big overpay. But as the offseason went on, uh, you know, you saw some other guys like Ian Kennedy get very uh, long-term, lucrative contracts. Suddenly, Happs doesn't look all that bad. And then uh, the one thing they had to do beyond that was they needed to add a lot of depth. And that's where guys like Jesse Chavez come into play. That's where uh, potentially moving Aaron Sanchez, because of the addition in Drew Storen, uh, in the bullpen, allowing Sanchez to potentially move to the rotation um, and adding in a lot of those depth options because you know, a go-to line for Mark Shapiro when he came uh, to Toronto as president was you know, he had five guys pitching in AAA Buffalo in the starting rotation and all their names were, were blank because they didn't have anybody down there. Uh, they've since added a lot of those depth pieces. and uh, Now they, they certainly don't have the best pitching staff in baseball by any means, but they do have a very versatile staff. Uh, which should give them some options and uh, allows for a little bit of trial and error early on in the season until they find uh, the guy who's ready to step up and they have a few that they can choose from. And they may have the best lineup in baseball, which certainly helps if you don't have the best pitching staff. You mentioned Drew Storen. Um, If the team could kind of get what it wants from that deal, would they prefer that Drew Storen ends up being the closer or the setup man behind Roberto Osuna? I think he's going to end up in the closer spot just because it's, it's something he's so familiar with, something that um, he's had a lot of success with. Um, you know, obviously we, we saw what happened last year in, in Washington when, when Jonathan Papelbon arrived and Soren really uh, struggled to make the adjustment to, to more of a middle relief role. Uh, so I think they like the, the comfort there. Uh, it really could go either way, but I think that's the way they're going to end up going. And, and I, that's the way I would go uh, because I think Roberto Osuna in a middle relief role really adds a lot of value instead of saying, okay, the ninth inning is his and his alone. Uh, now you, there's scenarios where you could go to him for both the seventh and eighth innings. You can go to him for more than one. You can really use him in combination with Brett Cecil uh, to really form a strong back trio uh, in that bullpen. And I just think it gives you a lot more options as opposed to just locking in Osuna because he's another one of, you know, speaking of versatile arms, I mean, he's a guy with starting experience. Uh, may eventually get a chance to start again. Probably not going to happen this year. Um, but the fact that he does have a little bit more length to his arm, the ability to, to throw more than one inning, I, I think using him 
uh, in that setup role, I think you're probably going to get a little bit more value there uh, than strictly limiting him just to the ninth inning alone. All right, I'm going to compare this team to last year, but I don't want to compare the current Blue Jays roster to the roster at the end of the season because things can change and they could well go out at the trade deadline, make another move, and this team could be better at the deadline. But let's take this team right now as as built and compare it to where this team was in 2015 heading into spring training. Is this a better team? No question about it. I mean, you just look around. Even the lineup, I mean, people knew the Jays lineup last year was going to be good. And even if you were to uh, predict early on that you thought Josh Donaldson was going to be an MVP candidate, it, it's really some of the you know the lesser talked about guys in that lineup who really established themselves. I mean, Kevin Pillar a year ago was viewed as a fourth outfielder. And now he's a bona fide starter in center field. Uh, you know, you can go around. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki should be considered an offensive upgrade. Uh, over Jose Reyes. Uh, Devin Travis, uh, a year ago, nobody knew really anything about him other than that he was a somewhat promising prospect. And, you know, while he's out until May this year, uh, you know, the sample size wasn't huge last year, but he was around long enough for people to, uh, to really buy in into his services, and, and he's a lot better. And the other thing is, let's not forget the bullpen and rotation as well looks a lot better now than they did at this point last year. At this point last year, the Blue Jays had absolutely no answers at the back end of their bullpen. Uh, this was before Roberto Osuna really emerged. Uh, they went with Brett Cecil for a little bit. They just didn't have very many options down there. They were trying out a whole slew of rookies, and, and thankfully for the organization, Osuna panned out, but there was a lot of uncertainty down there. There's not as much uncertainty down there this year because they have several guys who have been there and done it uh, and the addition of Storm and, and then uh, the starting rotation as well. I mean, this is a team that began last year without the services of Marcus Stroman when he went down in spring training. Uh, they have him back. Marco Estrada is a completely different pitcher uh, now than, than what he was viewed at is a year ago. Overall, uh, there's no question from this point now to, to where it was a year ago, the Jays are much better. Uh, and, and the argument is whether or not they're as good as they were at the end of last season, and, and that's something we're probably not going to know the answer to uh, until you know at least at least a month into the, into the regular season before we get a good read on this team. Plenty of reasons to be optimistic for sure. That's going to do it for MLB.com Extras, the Blue Jays edition. Gregor Chisholm, thanks a lot. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.